Welcome and thank you for joining us on Birth Mother Matters in Adoption with Kelly Rourke Scary and me, Ron Rains, where we delve into the issues of adoption from every angle of the adoption triad. Do what's best for your kid and for yourself because if you can't take care of yourself, you're definitely not going to be able to take care of that kid and that's not fair. And I know that my daughter will be well taken care of with them. Don't have an abortion. Give this child a chance. All I could think about was needing to save my son. My name is Kelly Rourke-Scary. I am the executive director, president, and co-founder of Building Arizona Families Adoption Agency, the Donna K. Evans Foundation, and creator of the You Before Me campaign. I have a bachelor's degree in family studies and human development and a master's degree in education with an emphasis in school counseling. I was adopted at the age of three days, born to a teen birth mother, raised in a closed adoption, and reunited with my birth mother in 2007. I have worked in the adoption field for over 15 years. And I'm Ron Raines. I've worked in radio since 1999. I was the co-host of two successful morning shows in Prescott, Arizona. Now I work for my wife, who's an adoption attorney, and I'm able to combine these two great passions and share them on this podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, make sure to rate and review us on whatever platform you use to listen to us and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Look for AZ Adopt Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about the year 2020, a year in review. And actually, I wanted to do it before the end of the year because I don't think I'm the only one. I'm ready for this year to be over. (laughs) And I'd rather not review. 2020, when we're in 2021, I want to put this behind us in a lot of aspects, forget this year ever happened as quickly and, as possible, and yes. move forward. Yeah. I thought we'd wrap it up, even though, you know what I mean? It's still, we're still in 2020. Um, but so we're, we're going to, you know, shoot this one out of the ballpark and then we're going to start fresh <laughs> and, and 2021 is going to be so amazing that we're not going to know what to do with it. We're knocking on wood, just so you know. (laughs) This year in the adoption world, we, as an adoption community, I can I can say and and speak, I believe, on behalf, we got hit hard with COVID. I mean, COVID really impacted adoptions from all aspects, from international adoption to foster care adoptions to uh, domestic newborn adoption. On this podcast today, we're just going to focus on the newborn adoption, but there were definitely a lot of factors that came into play. I mean, even the way we're doing podcasts right now, mm-hmm. where we're doing them remotely to social distance is than we were doing before. So it has affected every aspect of how we're working to the way that we interact with our clients, to the amount of face-to-face in-person contact families and birth moms can have the hospitals, the way that, you know, when they're allowed to go into the hospital, who's allowed to be with the birth mother during labor and delivery before, after, I mean, COVID has put this cloud over adoption, but yet I think that we can say adoption still has prevailed. You know, we have jumped over just about every hurdle that COVID has presented and and come off positive on the other side. Not positive for COVID, but positive right. in terms of uh, <laughs> successful adoption. <laughs> so in looking back at the year, I, I wanted to share with our listeners really from 
building Arizona family standpoint, what we saw as an agency and where I saw COVID really come into play. Like I said, we're just talking about the the newborn program, but really what we saw and how, in my opinion, it affected our program. So let's talk about that. Okay. And again, this may really kind of overlap other agencies, but I don't want to speak on their behalf. I'm just speaking on behalf of building Arizona families. All right. So one thing that surprised me a little bit was the number of adoptive families that have come into the program. That number has not changed. It has stayed the same throughout the entire year. We have not seen a decrease in interested families joining our uh, newborn domestic program wanting to adopt. My line of thought is when you are ready to build your family or expand your family, nothing is going to stop you, even a pandemic. Certainly. And you think of it as when you were a young couple, even if you were trying to have a baby the old fashioned way, that you weren't thinking about everything else going on around you, or you probably would never go, I'm bringing a child into this world. You were like, I'm ready to start my family and build. And it's the same thing for adoption, in my opinion. I agree. The number of birth mothers that have come into our program, I would say were substantially the same, more or less. Uh, Towards the end of the year, I would say we've seen a decrease of about 10, 15%. And I've noticed that it's correlated with when the number, the COVID numbers in Arizona rose. So when we saw a spike in the COVID numbers, we saw a little bit of a decrease. And like I said, we're talking 10 to 15%, so nothing substantial. But we saw a decrease in the number of birth mothers coming into the program. So I thought that that was interesting. And it may or may not be related. I don't know. It's It's too soon to tell. It seems to be a lagging indicator of what's going on with the COVID, maybe. It may be. And one thing that that I was speculating with our staff is, you know, are we going to see an influx of, you know, COVID babies per se, meaning are we going to see an influx of birth mothers coming into the program due to COVID? And I would say that's not the case at all. And so that was a surprise. So I was surprised on behalf of the adoptive families still coming into the program, but also surprised that we didn't see this huge influx in births that I was expecting to see. Now that's not to say they're not going to come in later in their pregnancies. That's still the possibility. But again, I, it's just, you don't know what to expect. It's the unknown. Right. Uh, the demographics of the birth mothers, their ages, uh, race, how far along they are when they're coming into the program, everything is the same, except we are seeing them a little bit more on the later side in their pregnancy rather than the earlier side. Nothing significant. But I would say the majority, you know, is shifting a little bit more towards being further along in their pregnancy. Do you think that's possibly because the times are so unsure that people are a little hesitant to do anything? And then so making an adoption decision kind of comes a little later than it would have if the times were more stable. I actually think it has more to do with when there was a shutdown. And so many businesses shut down. We did not. I think that birth mothers may not realize that we were still open. Okay, that makes sense. And so I think that that may be that may be part of it. You know, a lot of birth mothers come into our program and don't even have a phone. 
-hmm. And so they would have no way of knowing, you know, they're borrowing a phone to call in or they're seeing an ad and they're calling on the 1-800 number. So they may not have access to see what's open and what's not. One thing uh, that I have noticed, and again, I don't know if it is related to COVID or the stimulus checks that were sent out or what have you, but drug use has really increased amongst our birth mother population. And sadly, that doesn't we surprise me. I, I really do think that has a lot Dis- to do with COVID I, because I think the numbers nationally are rising. That and depression and suicides and things like that are rising, unfortunately, due to COVID. And I think, you know, it's going to affect the people we deal with as well. Right. And again, the birth mother population is... Uh, it's, it's a fragile and vulnerable population. Definitely. And when you have a homeless woman who is trying to survive and you get, and she, you know, comes into a large check and she's already using drugs again, you know, they are prioritizing needs and that's, that's hard. Right. It's, it's, it's not enough money for them to go put money down and get an apartment and get back on their feet. But it is enough money to, you know, do other things that are not going to be as productive. Uh, The homelessness is the same. We're not seeing any difference with our birth moms when they're coming into the program regarding homelessness. Uh, I will say that, you know, our relationship with birth moms, the case managers, it's more challenging. It's still happening. It's not case managing as we used to be able to do where, you know, we would attend every appointment because a lot of doctor's offices are not allowing us to attend. We have to limit our face-to-face contact. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, we've had to be creative and educate our birth moms how to Skype and FaceTime and so forth so that we can maintain contact. And we do are able to do some face-to-face, but not to the extent that we were to before. Um, a lot of other agencies have reached out and said that, you know, scamming has, they've seen a lot of birth mother scamming. We have seen some, but that is, again, in my opinion, the, if there's any increase, it would be due to the desperation of COVID and trying to um, going into survival mode. And we've talked about that before, about why birth mothers do scam. And when you have somebody that's in a desperate situation, adding a pandemic to that, that person's life and all the challenges that it produces, you know, it's only going to make them more desperate. Right. And so, um, but I've had phone calls and interaction with other agencies that have, have been dealing with some scamming uh, situations. And so I know that this is something that across the board, everybody has got their eye on. One thing that I wanted to kind of come full circle on that we have watched over the past year was Paul Peterson. Oh boy, Paul Peterson. Hey. Okay. Yes. We've had some some big developments over this year uh, mm-hmm. on him. So Paul Peterson was the former Maricopa County assessor and his fraudulent adoption business, uh, he was uh, found guilty. Uh, I believe he he did he confess to it or was he found guilty actually i don't know whether he actually confessed or not yeah he pled guilty all right so uh in arkansas he was just sentenced to 74 months in prison along with uh, a three-year supervised release and ordered to pay a hundred thousand dollar fine 
his sentencing in Utah, where he could face up to 15 years in prison for human smuggling and other convictions, is scheduled for January 20th. Okay. And in Arizona, uh, prosecutors are seeking an 18-year prison term for fraud convictions for submitting false applications to Arizona's Medicaid system for the mothers to receive state-funded health coverage, even though he knew they didn't live in the state, and for providing documents to a county juvenile court that contained false information. And he's scheduled for January 22nd. So he's not going to have a good start to uh, 2021. That's a lot of years if he gets those. Yeah. So he's one of the few that uh, he could look at 2021 and go, that was a worse year than 2020. He could. So there have been lots of changes in, in this past year on abortion laws and bills and proposals and I think that we're going to see even more in 2021. I think that the limits would have been tested to overturn Roe v. Wade, strengthen anti-abortion laws, had we not been dealing with COVID and the pandemic on top of it. You know, some of the courts are shutting down and they're doing, you know, remote testimonies. And I know that it's been challenging for some courts to meet and discuss this. So, you know, going over some of the highlights uh, as to where we are right now in, in 2020, and not that these have changed, but where we are today, I think it's some of the information I found interesting that was provided by the uh, Guttmacher Institute. 43 states prohibit abortions, generally except when it's necessary to protect a woman's health or life after a specified point in pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Partial birth abortions, 21 states have laws in effect that prohibit partial birth abortion. Three of these laws apply only to post-viability abortions. Uh, In terms of public funding, 16 states use their own funds to pay for all or most medically necessary abortions for Medicaid enrollees in the state. 33 states and the District of Columbia prohibit use of state funds except in the cases where federal funds are available where the woman's life is in danger or the pregnancy is a result of rape or incest. Mm -hmm. In defiance of federal requirements, South Dakota limits funding to cases of life endangerment only. In terms of refusal, 45 states allow individual health care providers to refuse to participate in abortion. 42 states allow institutions to refuse to perform abortions, and 16 of which limit refusal to private or religious institutions. Uh, In terms of waiting periods, 25 states require a woman seeking an abortion to wait a specified period of time, usually 24 hours, between when she receives counseling and when the procedure is performed. 12 of these states have laws that effectively require the woman to make two separate trips to the clinic to obtain the procedure. Uh, One that was interesting to me was also the parental involvement. Uh, 37 states require some type of parental involvement in a minor's decision to have an abortion. 27 states require that one or both parents consent to the procedure, while 10 require that one or both parents be notified. These are some situations where I think that we're going in the right direction to to really aim our you know intent to decrease and maybe one day eliminate the abortion as, as a choice. Right. Um, and I think, like I said, this year overall, we've seen that a lot of states and society have, have the same belief that we need to start putting more laws and restrictions on 
what can happen. And I don't know what the future looks like going down this road because of the change in, in presidency. So I don't know what, you know, what's going to happen with that, but it'll, you know, 2021 will be an interesting year. Right. Well, it's interesting because when the abortion issue really, you know, kind of came to a head back in the 1960s and 70s, the thought even among those who supported abortion, or at least what they would state out loud, was that it should be safe, legal, and rare. Even as late as the 80s and 90s, you would hear that phrase quite often, safe, legal, and rare. Now it seems to be more prevalent that people are just promoting abortion on demand, you know, as if it's something that should be, and they're louding a, a lot of people and saying that it's it's a beautiful thing. And it's like, it, it just blows my mind. So a lot of these laws seem to be kind of steering us back towards safe, legal, and rare, even if they're not heading all the way towards overturning Roe v. Wade. And I think even going back to the safe, legal, and rare route, I mean, if, if we we're able to accomplish that as a nation, in my mind, that would be a huge step in the right direction. Certainly. And if that was the original intent and we were able to get back to that, that's a success. And again, we don't judge anybody that has had one in the past as you, you know, you can relate because you've shared your story. All we can do is, is look forward, you know, as we've stated before, you know, the, the windshield is much larger than the rear view mirror. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason why. And so we've just got to keep looking forward and what we can do. You know, I love my Angela's quote, as I've said before, when you know better, you do better. Or maybe that was Oprah, but that's really important. <laughs> like we know so much more now than we did in the sixties and seventies. Mm-hmm. And so now you can't, when you know something, you can't unknow it. And that's what I tell my kids too about Christmas presents. You know, I can't tell you, even though you want to know, because once you know, you can't unknow it. When I was a little girl, my parents used to tell me, no, it's okay that I'm going to buy my gift with you from you. I will forget. Well, (laughs) you never forget. Right. (laughs) When you know something, you can't unknow it. And so now that we know what we know, we've got to keep going in the right direction. And We've got to really, and I think what you said was really important about what it was founded on. You know, what, what, when we, when abortions became legal, what the intent and the goal was, it wasn't to be, you know, an option when, when you are presented with an unplanned pregnancy. Right. It wasn't to be a default choice. Right. But now that it's the Overton windows shifted so far the other way to where, you know, Uh, I'm not going to get into the politics. I need to back up, but it is frustrating. And it is, it's good to see some of these laws that are kind of putting that in check and saying, okay, abortion is legal, but it shouldn't be, you know, celebrated and lauded and given support and financial support and all this from the government, especially. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. Very interesting. So here's to the end of 2020. I I'm couldn't be happier to say goodbye to it. <laughs> and I am looking forward to the future and everything positive that 2021 will bring us. So 
from us, all of our listeners. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, everybody. We have a pregnancy crisis hotline available 24-7 by phone or text at 623-695-4112, or you can reach us on our toll-free number at 1-800-340-9665. We can make an immediate appointment with you to get you to a safe place, provide food and clothing, and help you get started on creating an Arizona adoption plan, or just give you more information. Check out our blogs on our website at azpregnancyhelp.com and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by looking for AZ Adopt Podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, make sure to rate and review us on whatever platform you use to listen to us. Birth Mother Matters and Adoption was written and produced by Kelly Rourke Scary and edited by me. Thanks go out to Grapes for letting us use their song, I Don't Know, as our theme song. Join us next time on Birth Mother Matters and Adoption. For Kelly Rourke Scary, I'm Ron Rains, and we'll see you then.